is sabotaging you, is tripping you up, it's causing you trouble. Mm. This will always return you back. It will always keep you stuck until you take massive action. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens, and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now, don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Let's dive into um, what we want to talk about tonight, um, and that is finding your focus. Mm -hmm. Um, So this really starts off with why do we sometimes feel lost? And I think that addressing very specifically to everybody here who has taken a break from alcohol and has then started to feel this sense of, I'm not sure about the things that I've got going on in my life. Now, for me, those things just started off with a niggling. It wasn't even like it was a sound. It was just like annoying at the back of me. And I was trying to work out what was going on. And the thing is that alcohol is incredibly good at numbing us out. It's unbelievable that we can just numb down our life and keep drinking and just forget about these noises that are going on inside. What is going on inside? Those voices? Well, ultimately that's areas of your life that are saying, hang on a minute, I need to change or I'm not happy. And they might be just habits. They might be some of the things that you're doing in your life. They might be something bigger. They might be your relationship or they could be the work that you're doing. That sense of purpose and meaning in your life. It could be your situation, your environment, the people you're spending the time with. All of those factors lead up to this sort of noise that's going on. 
And it was okay when we were drinking because we could just pack that stuff down, right? Every weekend, we could just, the noise built up so big and we could have our release with having alcohol. But, and I think the big thing here is, what we actually have to do is start listening to that stuff. Mm. Because when you start really listening to those things, that's when life really starts to transform. Um, So the listening to yourself, this is really interesting because again, you've been using alcohol often for many of us, it's been so easy to get on with the life. If I think about my situation, I was an oil broker in central London I knew when I started the job that I didn't really fit in. I knew when I was doing the job each time that actually it was causing me more trouble than I realized. And I, and I, and I saw it as a dangerous environment. And I was traveling via tube into a windowless office every day. And yet drinking made that okay. And so when I'd stopped drinking, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I know that there's something in me that needs to have a bigger impact in the world. Um, And I know that there's something in there gnawing. And that's when I discovered One Year No Beer. And of course, everything transformed, my life transformed, etc. So what is that for you? How do you listen to yourself? And I think this is the most important part, okay, is that forever and ever, we have probably been used to just packing that noise down. Whenever it gets a little bit too loud, have a drink. Whenever it gets a bit too loud, eat something. Whenever it gets a bit too loud, watch some Netflix. Whenever it gets a bit too loud, dive onto social media. But the thing about being alcohol-free or that when you start to change your relationship with alcohol is you're given the most incredible tools. Those tools are energy, clarity, purpose. You want to start improving your life. We see this with so many people in the community. And this gives you the tools for you to deal with that noise. If you just say, hang on a minute. I actually want to start shifting some of these things. Um, You know, maybe I actually spoke to somebody earlier on today and um, they were a member and they were saying, they just went, all of these things, relationship, work, things, everything like this. And I was like, gosh, this is just like an Everest. You're right at the beginning. But the thing about climbing Everest is it's just one step each time. We don't want to fix everything straight away, but let's just choose something. What's the low hanging fruit? and make a small incremental change in each one of those things. And what you'll be amazed with is just how much you can transform in your life in actually quite a short period of time. What is a year, right? A year in your whole life is not a a huge amount and it can transform so much. So over to you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, all of that. I mean, the, the thing is we are a lot smarter than we give ourselves credit for us humans we're really smart however what we tend to do is give our power to others to other um, external uh, resources to, to impressions we let our emotions um, take the, have the best of us and we kind of in doing so we give our power completely up we always think that we need to go and look for the answers elsewhere i need to go on this life-changing journey to asia somewhere sit on a beach which is lovely But unless you know what you're searching for, it's just going to be a nice trip. We all have everything that we need to succeed and to thrive within us right now. Now, it might be hidden in plain sight. You know, we're not going to be able to see it. Many of us are conditioned from, you know, being conditioned for a young age or we've had trauma or we've had all sorts of things happen in our life that have us running certain patterns And these patterns will keep us stuck. Our ego will be controlling us if we don't 
question everything that's going on. And so when we start really thinking about what is it that I really want to do, then feel inside. Do you think, do you feel like you can do this? And there will be an innate feeling that knows this, but there will also be fear. There will be fear of failing. What if I fail? I don't want to look bad because we all humans, we just want to fit in and not stick out too much. And we don't want to look bad. That's one of the biggest fears that humans have is like, they don't want to look bad. That's like the scariest thing of all. So a lot of people live their life just on autopilot and letting it pass. And a lot of people then tend to turn to alcohol or they, you know, they just find other ways of just numbing themselves. But when there is true change to be done, we just really need to find our way, find a way to a coach, coaching, mastermind, whatever, a place of growth and learning to change your mindset from fixed mindset to growth mindset, because everything you, you want to do is truly in here. And the patterns that are controlling us, we might be aware of these. And this is something I talk a lot with my clients. That we're, a lot, we're so clever, but we fool ourselves. We lie to ourselves and we say, oh, I can't do this. Like my auntie, I get makes me so angry because I can't do it. Of course you can. But when you keep things up in the awareness cloud, as I call it, you have awareness, like I want to change, I need to fix things, I need to do this. And you, this could go on for years and years and years. But it's not until you move to the acknowledgement phase over here where you acknowledge like I know this is messing with me or this is not good for me and I know what I need to do or I know that I need to change it and I will go and find a way to do it that is a that is my theory between awareness and acknowledgement acknowledge what you want to change and then you go and find you don't need to know how now you just need to know what it is that you want to change first would you say that that is right because 100%. if if you go out and say Oh, I just want to lose weight. I use this a lot because this is what a lot of clients come for. They just want to feel good about themselves. They want to lose some weight or they want to feel better. They want to feel like a better parent, better mom. And it always starts with the, with the symptom of something that's not going wrong. And so they might be saying, oh, I want to lose weight because they want to impress someone or they, they, they find all these reasons why they want to do it. And they might end up setting the completely the wrong goals because essentially losing weight and fitting into the genes is a nice feeling, but is it going to make you happy? You know, that is the key thing. So what is it that you, what is the goal? Do you, you, you risk setting the completely wrong goals for yourself um, because yep. ooh, I think there's a slide for this. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> we work so hard on these slides, get them out there. Um, yeah, so the danger of setting the wrong wrong um, goals, they're very prevalent, especially with alcohol. I let, okay, think about this. Anyone, can you think of a really good decision that you made whilst inebriated or drunk? No, there is none. <laughs> like there's never a good idea or a, a, a good solution that comes out of alcohol. What alcohol instead does, it, it kind of encourages the wrong kind of energy for ourselves and we end up you know we'll we'll try and go for goals that is to satisfy others you know you want to oh i want a better job i want to earn more money and if that's because you want to earn more money so you you know you want to nurture your family and whatever it is you need to define it a bit better than i just want to get rich because if you're just after the money okay well if you don't know what the purpose is then you're going to work really hard earn all that money and then potentially still be miserable as we can see with a lot of, of, of 
entrepreneurs out there. They get they're loaded, and then they go and throw themselves off a cliff. Why do they do? That? I thought for years, I for years, I thought I just wanted to be the number one broker. That was the most important thing for me. I just wanted to be the number one broker. And then when I removed the alcohol, I was like, I hate this. Mm. Uh, there's so much more I can do now. Of course, I had a great time while I did it and everything else in that industry, but it just wasn't right for me. And, and living in that direction was causing me trouble. And I think this is the most important part is that, you know, you can, you, as long as you get that direction, right, this, I know that I want to go across in this way and you're being authentic and finding that within and really feeling for that. And this mm. is what we talk a lot about is feeling for the direction that you want to go into Then okay. The goal doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but no. it will realign in the direction and then you just change and adjust and keep adjusting as long as you're going in the same direction yeah Sorry. and so the, the, another thing that i have a little bit of a bee in the bonnet when it comes to per, uh, personal development you a bee in the bonnet. yes you know <laughs> i i do that but it's because i so and i've seen this through the years because remember i've been part of one you know beer from the very start myself you know i was very much in the background and then i kind of started taking more of a the female voice in it and becoming in you know coming forth in that sense so I'm very passionate, I think. But what I did see was people, I would get comments saying, oh, it's amazing what you're doing. I'll be out doing sporting events. I'll be out doing something else. And people are like, oh, you're going after your dreams. It's so, it's so amazing. You should, you know, it's so inspirational. It's a shame I'm too old. And that just, like, I, it, would, it would hurt my heart. I would hearing people say that because there's really is no such thing. You know, I had, we had our old neighbor who was, she was 55 and she signed up to go back to university to become a professor. And um, she just started from scratch because she decided she'd been in media her whole life working for BBC. But she's like, no, this is not what I want to do. And she was in her late 50s. And that just shows that whatever it is that you want to do, don't give up on those feelings because you're old, per se, because there's no such thing. Because as we get older, we still have so much good productive time. And even better, we, do, we have a much better idea of what we don't want, what we don't like, right? Whereas in our 20s and 30s, we a lot of the time we kind of run around and try and satisfy people just to, you know, get by, finding your place. So... There's no such thing. So anyone who's watching and going, yeah, but I don't want to, you know, don't want to dream big and let myself down. I'm like, dream big. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we actually have a little tool inside Mastermind that will yes. blow your mind about um, uh, just about how much productive time you have left. It's really interesting. Mm. Um, yes. And so um, uh, that leads us nicely on to, oh, no, that's back. I'm not good. Right. There you go. Should Absolutely. I take over the tech side, guys? <laughs> so, okay. We've talked about how important it is for finding that direction, about listening to yourself, about that authenticity. And then really comes this part of who are you? What do you want to become? Okay. And if you think about that, it's like you remove the veil of alcohol. And so many of us realize, gosh, look how much time I've wasted going in the wrong direction. Or I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction. Now, fair enough, lots of people, after removing alcohol, still realize they're going in the right direction. And that's amazing. That's fantastic. That's the best thing ever. But so many people know, realize that they need to course adjust. So what it comes down to is having a complete analysis of who you are. Now, if you think about your relationship with alcohol, the real first step of that is awareness, right? Mm. You know, it's being truthful with yourself about the actual impact of the hangover, about, oh, awareness. And this is what we need to get for ourselves. And so 
if you were to go and take action on this now, go and find out more about yourself. Do you know how many people have discovered that actually they weren't extrovert, they were introvert, but they were using alcohol to cover it up? Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people who've discovered mental health issues because they were covering it up with alcohol? They found out that they're ADHD or bipolar. Uh, there's many things like that. And we see it in the community time and time again. Now, that's one thing, but what about your personality? What about your strengths? What about your values? What about, I mean, there's so many of these tests online. And again, this is what we go through in Mastermind. We take you through these different tests. We talk about them together and we look at them and we say, well, look, this is, is this accurate or not? And so often it's so accurate and it's so revealing. I remember years ago when I was broken, I took one of these personality tests and it said I should be a therapist. And I was like, what? I'm an oil broker. Are you kidding me? Look now. <laughs> what can I say? I'm not a therapist, but I love helping people. I love communicating deeply with people and finding that peace inside, which ignites something inside them. And it just switches. I love that mindset shift. It drives me every day. Mm. So in this analysis of who you are, that's the foundation, right? If you think about the ship, the ship's compass must be set. If the ship's compass is off by five degrees or 10 degrees, it doesn't matter if you set north, you're still going to end up somewhere completely different. And this is the process of setting the ship's compass. I don't want to say that wrong a few times. <laughs> Certainly not after a few drinks. Yeah. Um, bad joke. So we have this process of setting the ship's compass, realigning ourselves. But then more importantly, it's what you want to become. You know, if you think about that, how often do you sit down and really give yourself the space to consider that? What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? What do you want the impact you to be? What do you want your children to say about you or your siblings? What do you want the loved ones around you in your life to be like, gosh, this person was X. Now, the thing about it is you might have been Y all of your years to date. And you might be carrying that bag of shame and guilt and blame and stigma and rubbish with you about who you have been. But you know what's incredible is it takes you no time to change the perception of other people. It takes you no time to show up and be somebody different. And it's your choice. Mm. You can do this. You can change. And what's amazing, and we see this all the time, is that actually the very first step, the one thing that leads on to transformation everywhere else, guess what? You're on the webinar about it all. <laughs> it's about taking that break from booze. It's about changing a relationship with alcohol. And then all the other things fall into place. So we want to help you in, in this part. One thing I forgot to mention about that listening, I wanted to give you some tools that you could run away with, okay? And you could dive into some more. And I think probably the most impactful book I ever read um, about listening to yourself and really understanding is a book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. These are some of the books that we also recommend or use in part of the mastermind program. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll find that really impactful. Okay. So who are you and what do you want to become is so key in that finding your focus. Next stage, we've reset the compass. Now is that total assessment of yourself, your mm-hmm. needs, your wants, and your strengths. Um, and this is really this, this, this key part. Um, again, looking at the values, your strengths, your morals, right? Who are you? learning to listen to more about yourself, um, getting absolutely clear on the foundation of who you are. And this takes some time. This takes some analysis. You might have gone through many times before and done personality tests with work or things like that. 
But I think there's never a better time. If you're even 30 days into your alcohol-free challenge, there's never a better time to relook at it because mm. we do change. Alcohol changes us. And when we remove it, we start to see clearer and feel better and really understand ourselves better. So mm. um, that's, uh, that's me on to the next one. So the next step in finding your focus is your habits. Absolutely great quote from Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act. It's a habit. Mm. So good. Oari. Exactly. <laughs> so this is really about building on top of that foundation. You've got a direction. We've got some kind of focus. We've really analyzed who we are. Now we need to look at our habits. Now in looking at our habits, right. It, you might be coming into this place of, right, I've just decided to take a break from booze and I'm only just starting to pick up some of these habits. And that's perfect. That's the perfect place. Mm -hmm. and, and, and stumbling a little bit, but trying to create them, right? So how do you build a habit? Now, I, I also run a little webinar called Hack Your Habits um, and um, help people look at this exact piece around breaking or building a habit. There's two important factors here. First of all, Good habits are actually quite easy to create. Don't shout at me. But the reason why good habits are quite easy to create in comparison to changing bad habits is because they're a sort of self-evolving positive loop. When you start to create a good habit, you release often dopamine. Um, you start to look better. You start to feel better. People talk about that. You can see it for yourself. Other people say it's impressive. All of those things. So a good habit has a sort of internal and external motivator to increase it. But bad habits, exactly like that, are so negative. Now, a bad habit is like a root or a weed, rather. And a bad habit will grow inside of you. It starts to grow inside your brain into your reward pathways. It starts to mean different things, associations in your brain. A bad habit can intrinsically link into different situations, smells, colors, people, times, all of these things start to get infected in your bad habit. And as it grows and grows and grows over time and repeated it, it becomes more solidified into your system, both your brain, your heart, around everything. But then, so, so, so the hard part about bad habits is that trying to just rip them out like a weed, what happens? You just leave the roots in and then they grow back again. And it's so hard to counter. So how do we really get rid of a bad habit? Well, the amazing thing is with good habits. Mm. And so it's by building those good habits and the reason why One Year No Beer exists and is so successful at helping people change their relationship with alcohol, that's what we focus on. Mm. We just focus on getting you to start some new habits. I spoke to a lady last night who was now doing cold showers and she was like, it's brilliant. I love the cold showers. And I'm like, that's fantastic. How's your meditation? Oh, I can't do it. I can't. doesn't matter. This is great. You've picked up something you like and you're building it. With that momentum of building habits, you have this self-reinforcing thing. What's the small habit that I can create? Now, here's that time for another book. This is one of my favorite habit scientists in the world today. He's the professor of um, habit change, behavior science rather, at Stanford University. His name's Professor BJ Fogg, lovely guy, and I've met him a few times. And he wrote a book called Tiny Habits. And his whole, all of his research 
everything is based on tiny habits. Mm. I would highly recommend reading that book. It's based on really something simple, shrink down the habit to something small, make it super easy, link it to something else like brushing your teeth, which is an anchor and make yourself feel good. We change behavior by feeling good. So remember that next time you have a drink and you're blaming and shaming and shouting at yourself and calling yourself useless and pathetic and a failure, that's not how you're going to change. Mm-mm. You're going to change by feeling good. Okay, so I learned. What did I learn last night? What did I discover? How can I do better? What habit can I pick up today? Okay, so that's why we're so positive mm-hmm. here at One Year No Beer. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about the, in the inner dialogue. I mean, we wouldn't dream of speaking to others the way we speak to, to ourselves sometimes. And that's something we should really call ourselves up on because what we say to ourselves matter just because no one else can hear it we think we can get away with it it's just to ourselves but it's so important that we check that inner dialogue it's so important because if you continue to bully yourself on the inside your confidence is just gonna go get worse and worse and worse so when you start checking your habits checking the stuff making sure that you're doing things that make you happen if you're not change your habit what what you know what do you want to feel what do you want to do us humans are actually wired to look for happiness and feel happy and feel good. Hence all, you know, the, the, the demand for like dopamine, quick eyes, feel good, feel good, feel good. And so when we start looking at things that can give us that naturally doing stuff that we feel really good, that's when the good stuff start, 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 starts happening. And so when you kind of start feeling like a direction, mm, I know where I want to go. I know, I know kind of what I'm looking for, what I want to do then then it could be, become time to set a goal. A lot of people kind of go into like, oh, I don't have goals in life. Or I don't, you know, I feel directionless. But if you haven't t- kind of done the previous work of really discovering who you are and what do you want, what are your desires and kind of done that groundwork, that is the, the what's and the why's are like the most important thing. That is the foundation of figuring out the bigger picture. So when you have the direction, you need to figure out, right, this is what I want to do. Then do some research, look into, you know, what, what is expected of you to do that. You can dream big. Way too many of you, of us out there, dream way too small. Even if you think you're like, oh, I got this big idea. It's still too tiny because we've been conditioned to think that we can't have it all. We can't, you know, just go out and do anything we want to do. Yes, we can. Granted, with a reason, if you want to run an ultra marathon up to well, you can't run out to marathon to Everest, but if that's what you want to do, then you're going to have to do some serious training. <laughs> or if you want to become, I want to become a doctor, I want to become, then okay, then you're going to have to go and study and you know what's going to be expected of you, but don't limit to yourself, limit yourself and say that you can't do something because it's simply not true. So when you dream, dream big and do the analysis of everything of, of, what it is that you're hoping to achieve. And I'll talk more about visualization a bit later, but it's just really know that you can achieve anything you want, any 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 age you are or any background or, or wherever you might be. And so when you choose a goal, you go, okay, that's the direction I, I'm going to go. So you think you're going to go from A to B. Well, we all know that that is not the way it works. Not even Tarzan worked his way straight through the jungle. He went from left to right to right to left. You know, back he got there eventually. He reached his goal, but he had to do a couple of turns before that. And that is pretty much what any goal setting goal setting is like. You're going to have to work your way through a jungle of everyday things, ups and downs, families, work, 
friends, you know, community, anything that's thrown your way, you never know, but that should never be something that stops you. That should just kind of egg you on even more so. Thanks for joining our podcast. I really hope you're getting a lot from today's episode. So have you taken the OYMB challenge yet? Have you challenged yourself to be the best possible version you can possibly be? By changing just one thing, like your relationship with alcohol, you can change your whole world. Visit us at oneyearnobeer.com forward slash take the challenge and let's start the first steps in living your life better. Okay, so leading on beautifully from that, how to set a goal. Right. This is a this is an interesting thing because so often people say, well, I'm not entirely sure, you know, there's smart, there's like getting specific with goals, there's all these theories out there. And ultimately, when it comes down to creating a goal, is that um, the most important thing is just taking action, right? Procrastination is the, anyway. Um, so what we need to do is just choose something. As long as you've got that direction, as long as you have that vague idea, that sense and that feeling of, I think I want to go in this direction. And so many people change big areas of their life. An example of our masterminders and the just recent cohort, they were like, oh, well, I think I want to be a teacher. And, you know, I'm coming out of being a mum and a full-time mum, and I'm thinking I'm wanting to be a teacher and that being the direction. And there was this thought of like, well, how, how am I going to go and be a teacher? Because it's a big goal. I have to go and study and I have to go and learn and everything else. And it was so simple to say, well, what is the first step? What is minimum viable test of being a teacher? Can you be an assistant teacher? Can you do some classes? Can you do some voluntary classes locally in your community to see if you enjoy actually being with the kids or if they drive you mad after a short period of time, <laughs> being a parent myself? Um, <laughs> so um, that is really a key part for um, doing that. And also knowing what is the difference between a to-do and a goal. You know, the the so often we get stuck in to-dos rather than actually the proper goals that will lead us to somewhere. Um, and so getting it clear on those definitions about how to set a goal. Now, there is another fantastic resource, which will really, really help you here, I highly recommend. And it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Again, we will mention all these books, but I see that there's already lots of people chatting away um, about the different books that we've mentioned um, and some others. The One Thing is really simple. When you look out to five years ahead and you've got your various goal, that fuzzy goal off of the distance, then you kind of ask yourself this question, what is the one thing that I could do such that by doing everything else is either easy or irrelevant in the pursuit of that goal? Now, if your goal was five years out and you were asking yourself, what can I do in the next year, right? What can I do in the next year? that such by doing, everything else is either easy or irrelevant and takes me to that goal. And it leads you such narrowed thinking to that one thing. And as you trace it back from one year, six months, a month, a week, a day, right now, what's the one thing I could do right now that leads me in towards that goal? It's so clarifying. And it just gives you those little incremental steps. And it says, well, hang on a minute. Why am I doing this writing when what I want to do is speak? Why am I spending my time on spreadsheets when what I want to do is, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is for you. That was actually my honest situation. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, exactly that. You might all tell me I shouldn't speak, um, but uh, <laughs> tough. <laughs> it just means I need more practice. Um, 
Yes. And then, of course, with setting a goals, often um, people think about an area or they think about something. And this is kind of coming a bit back to direction. And they say, well, you know, I work in construction. I All I've known is construction my whole life. Uh, I don't know what I want to do in construction. And it's like, well, what part of construction did you do? Well, I think what I was really good at was the project management part of it. Well, project management, you can take up anything. So what were you passionate about in your hobbies previously? Mm. What was the thing that you were really fired up as a kid? You were like, you know what? I want to build trains right yeah. okay well why not look at and but there's that kind of thinking mm-hmm. and we get so as as we get older and older certainly alcohol helps you bring it in everything just comes in and you go in and in and in and the world is this big for you and you're living in here just going i could only be this and i'm this and i can only be that and what we do in mastermind is blow that up <laughs> and we say no you can be anything You can do anything. You can reinvent yourself. You can take the moment now to say, I want to be something bigger, better, greater. And you know what? I know you have that in you because you're here. And this is such a rare thing to even be thinking about changing your relationship with alcohol. So I know it's in you. The spark is in you. We just got to help really ignite that spark. Mm. Um, Now you can go authenticity. (laughs) No, but I touched on on authenticity before. And, you know, that desire of of achieving a goal, you know, like I said, for example, I want to be rich. Okay, why do you want to be rich? Why is that important? I mean, the idea of having money is great. But once you have all that money, if you don't know what to do with it, then all things can go bad, right? You can fall out with people. You can spend a lot of stuff you don't need. You get trouble, whatever. So w- what we need to think about is that when we're setting goals, that these goals are authentic to what we want to do, authentic to ourselves. Authenticity is key when it comes to personal development. We have to become better for us or ourselves, not for anyone else. A lot of people, they could come into personal change, personal development, they want to change for, well, I need to get better for that, but I want to become a better mom. I want to become a better uh, wife or, you know, husband, whatever your reason might be. And the reason for you to feel better and do better needs to be for you. So the, the, the question you should be asking yourself is, what do I want? What feels right? Not what the world thinks I should be having, not the not creating my all. I always talk within my coaching, I talk about having it all. We've been conditioned, especially as women, um, mothers, especially to that we can't have it all because we can't be a mom and a wife, partner, um, and have a job and be successful at the same time. It's impossible. We can't do it and be happy. And that is crazy. And so a lot of people, a lot of women end up burning out because they 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 know that, well, at some point I'm gonna burn out. I can't do this. And it all comes down to setting authentic goals that works for you. If you want it all, okay, what's, what's, how's that going to work for you? How, how will that have to look within the perimeter of your family and your life? And so authenticity is also asking yourself, what is important to you these days? And what is important to you personally, not by social conditioning or even conditioning from your family. A lot of us have grown up with our families, say, looking down on certain things and you need to do this to feel successful or important. So people might go off to school, study something that they're not interested in. And then they might realize later in life, oh, I hate my job or I hate what I'm doing. Or they're in something, oh, well, they're not able to see the bigger picture of their capacity because they've been so focused on this one thing that that's been handed down to them. So authenticity and making decisions that feels right to you. And in authenticity, I know another bee in the bonnet is people pleasing. 
people pleasing is one of these things we think we need to do that certain things to say yes to certain things and it just wears us down in the end we can say no we don't need to justify it because if we say yes and somewhere we feel then we know it's not right so authenticity is key totally that one thing that we both got taught mm. to a very strong level last yes. year i mean we we invested heavily in our own coaching um, yeah. and it was about finding the feeling place Yeah, um, has been totally transformational Completely. for both of us, both of our lives. The alignment, you know. This place inside of you, mm. you know, and, and we can help you find that place. Mm -hmm. Many of you probably already feel it great, yeah. but um, that place helps you decide everything. Mm. And when you really feel it and you really go with that, you can call it your gut, you can call it your instinct. It's that really feeling place and everything matches off it. Is this right? Is this not right? Mm. Um, and it's like a guide, um, which leads us beautifully onto visualizations. Visualization. visualization. I mean, most of you will know already that it's a very important, a very powerful tool when it comes to achieving your dreams. When you figure out a goal, something that you want to do, something that you want to achieve, I, we do exercises that there is exercise that you can do various ones, but we need to place ourselves. We, if you know what you want, you need to, and you know why it's important to you. You need to place yourself there. Visualize yourself being there. What will you be? What will you be able to do when you're there? What will you have when you're there? When you've achieved this thing, and you're standing there on top of the flag. Obviously, if you climb a mountain, but if it's a promotion, if it's whatever your goal might be, if it's a health um, goal, what will you be able to do? And then see yourselves there. I even go as far as calling it, see it, feel it, taste it, breathe it, and mm. really achieve these things in your mind first, because that will that will solidify your compass, your internal compass. You often talk about the ship. I talk about my internal compass. That will have your compass stir, steer towards your goal at all times. Even when life um, throws you a curveball, which it often does, you might get toppled momentarily. You're a big, big curveball <laughs> every day. But when we have that goal and we said it, we, we know we might wobble a bit, but we still have that purpose and that drive. Um, and within this, I think with the visualization, it being so par par powerful, it, it, you can pretty much use it anywhere. You know, you can visualize yourself nailing the sales pitch. You can visualize yourself having a vulnerable conversation that you've been dreading with someone. You can visualize, you know, the outcome at all times. And yeah, I find it very helpful. There's a reason why athletes visualize their success. Mm. So why not I, just apply that? I did it myself. So I, a quick one, I, I did Spartan um, Ultra World Championship in Sweden. And I trained and qualified and ran that all within a year. And I used my visualization technique to do so. I saw myself there. I had a medal around my neck. I, I could smell the snow. I could really, I was there, right? You're so right. I knew what it was going to be like. I knew it was going to hurt. I knew it was going to be crazy. And everyone kept saying, what Over are you doing? Over a thousand yet? burpees. And I was like, okay, I hear you, but I know what it's going to be like there and I'm doing it. And it was an incredible year. I was tired at the end of it, but I did it all through because I knew what it was going to feel like. So I'm like, I, there's no option. I'm not, get, I'm not, not going there. I'm going there. <laughs> She's a warrior. She's a warrior. Um, <clears throat> environment optimization. Ooh, big one. This, yes, I mean, the, the, yes, it is, but we can both kind of talk about this, how important yes. it is to, 
check our environments for when we want to achieve something and also look at environments and see what's holding us back. What's, what's stopping us. And we talk about this a lot in, in the alcohol free life. If you, if you don't have people around you that are going to lift you up and support you on your journey that are only wearing you down. If you feel like people, some people you just have to try and people please and that you get nothing back. Those are the kind of people you don't want in your life. And so this can be detrimental to your success and your environmental um, your several there are several environments that you need optimizing to succeed, but your environment can truly make or break completely your, your goals. Completely true. Well, I mean, if you've got a seriously negative partner who's not supporting you in any of your journey and is holding mm. it down, that's a really tough environment to be in. Mm. Um, but equally, there 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 are people who use that as an excuse to stay stuck, mm-hmm. and that's not right right? It's about environment optimization. There are other areas that you can change. And it's not just, it's not just that it's like preparing yourself. Okay. I'm trying to create a new habit and um, I need to make sure the environment is right for that. Well, get the lycra out, put it beside your bed, eliminate the number of decisions, make the environment difficult for you not to do the the habit, right? And, and, and this is what we talk about in, in, or look at in environment optimization is that we're so lazy and we're so full of procrastination and it what what those two things create is the ability for our past mm. shame the, the 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 limiting beliefs the stuff we carry about ourselves just to act out all day every day and make it easy for us to stay stuck mm. and we have to really consciously work against that stuff mm. and the way by doing it is like sitting down with a plan talking through with somebody um, you know, if you're if you're in your early alcohol-free days and you're trying to do this on your own and you're struggling, don't get into AFM. AFM mm-hmm. is alcohol-free me. Alcohol-free me is the best hands-down alcohol change program in the world. Right? We've got 15 hours of coaches a week um, uh, for you to be able to get onto Zooms, connect deeply with people, and work through any of that stuff. Be supported. So much more coaching, education, etc. Mm. So that's alcohol free me. So that's a perfect example of how to optimize your environment if you're trying to change your relationship with alcohol, mm. right? Mm. Your environment might be that you have no support around you, that people are not looking after you, that you don't have friends that make you feel included, that you don't have the right information around you, right? And so you jump into one year no beer and you're trying to do it with a self help program. Well, it's it's a it's a limited amount of that stuff. Mm. Jump into AFM and you get that a hundred times right? You're connecting deeply with people. You're locking eyes. You're building lifelong friendships. You're feeling connection. You're feeling accountability. So that's really, really important. We actually do a terrible job, um, uh, my fault entirely, of letting people know about AFM. And I'm working on improving that because (laughs) I know so many more people would go in there if they knew how impressive it was. Okay, let's move on. What happens if you go off track? This is really key. Again, you're not always going to have that motivation. You're not always going to wake up and want to do it. So what do you do in those moments? Now, there's actually some really great process to use here. You see, the thing about changing behavior, creating habits, building momentum in your life is that if you're using willpower, it's a finite resource. You will go off track and you may struggle to get back. And you are, you'll just become a nudge, another casualty that tried to do something and failed. Mm-hmm. So what, at One Year No Beer, we want to teach you the process. We want to show you that there's a process attached to changing any behavior and that when you apply that process, even at your darkest moments, you will still be able to steer back on and keep that habit going and ride through. Now, 
I'm talking specifically again about tiny habits and BJ Fogg here, and he uses motivation and ability. I could give you the very quick overview of this, but basically you have two sliding scales, motivation and ability. Your ability is, uh, if your ability is high or low, you will either do the behavior and the same as your motivation. I, I'm not going to be able to give this um, enough for you right now, but what, if you do want to get that process, then have a look at BJ Fogg's um, Tiny Habits or come and join me on one of the Hack Your Habits sessions and we talk about that kind of good stuff to create that process for people. Okay, what happens if you go off track? It's really key. Just going back onto this, it's just like changing your relationship with alcohol. What happens if I slip up? Well, don't go into blame, shame, hating yourself, I'm, I'm triggered, I can't stand it, or drinking, binge drinking for 10 days. Have a plan, have a strategy, have accountability, have people around you, optimize your environment, all of the things that we're teaching you. Absolutely critical. Okay, how to keep going when the going gets tough. And this is the thing. Jordan Peterson says it so beautifully. We are the struggle. The struggle is in us. We are built to walk uphill. I love it. It's such a beautiful thing, he says. And we're built to walk uphill means that really in our struggle, it's where we define ourselves. And if you actually have a goal that's easy to achieve and you achieve it, guess what? It, you don't feel satisfied. It's like, meh, I got here and I feel meh because we've always got to extend it out. We've got to keep that struggle going. And that's what's really important is to keep those goals lining up. It's so powerful. We derive our value from the struggle. Mm. The other key parts about when the going gets tough is shrink it down to the most simple possible action. What's the minimum I could do just to tick the box today? I don't feel like doing anything. I'm just lying down on the sofa. I don't feel like doing anything. Well, maybe if I just did one press up, that would tick the box for exercise. If I did one breath, that would tick the box for meditation. And when you shrink it down to that small and make it that easy, it's so easy for you to keep the momentum up. There's one other analogy I hear I want to give you, and that is, you know, specifically around changing your relationship with alcohol here. If you think of it like a dam, this sort of willpower, and I'm trying to hold back and I'm really struggling into here, is that sometimes you just have to let a pressure release go. And you don't realize that there's so many areas that are trying to control of. Not only have I stopped drinking, but I'm trying to exercise and I'm trying to meditate and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to eat less donuts and I'm trying to less watch less things. And I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. And oh, fuck it, I want to have a drink, right? But the thing is, let other things go first. Go and have a donut, watch some Netflix, <laughs> don't exercise. That one thing is the alcohol thing. And more importantly, when you're past all that, the alcohol stuff, and you're focused on your goal for mastermind, this is the thing when you just do, what is the smallest one thing that I can do today just to keep going towards my goal? Mm. Okay, um, brilliant. So the, this is, these steps, We I said that I wanted to give you tons of tips, tricks, tools, some books, some insights in how you can find your focus. I hope you agree. I would love to hear a comment from you if you agree that we have given you enough information for you to be able to go and apply some of this stuff. With that mm. single question, you could go and read some of these books, apply some of this thinking into your life and create some, some um, focus for what you want to do next. So follow these steps to find your focus. Are you guys ready? Pen and paper? Number one. Create an action plan. An action plan. An action plan. You done? 
Two. Great. Massive action. You must take massive action. And this is where I like to say there's a big difference between passive action and massive action. Passive action is sitting, taking the notes and going, oh, oh I might look at this put tomorrow. Put this on top and you're like, oh, this, yeah, this dusty not, notebook will be there. You know, some people session. go to four day uh, uh, conferences and, we, you know, uh, or do this incredible life changing, um, you know, whatever event, and then they just do, don't implement anything. That is passive action. You think you're learning, but if you don't take massive action, you will stay be the same in the next, in the, a year later. You've so just got to hear us in your ears same. saying mass. Is this mass? Is this massive action? Is this massive action? No. If it's not, then you know. If you know, okay. if we would tell you that it's passive action, then you, you're in trouble. 100%. Right. Three, your patterns will always keep you stuck. Unless you take massive, massive action. action. Your listen. patterns are constantly holding you back. You, the yeah. stuff in here is sabotaging you. It's tripping you up. It's causing you trouble. Mm. This will always return you back. It will always keep you stuck until you take massive, massive. action. So this is something really corny. <laughs> we are serious. We're really serious. Um, so and the and the last here is feel the fear and do it anyway. 100%. Listen, change is hard. That's why it's called change. The opposite of change is staying stuck, doing nothing, comfort zone, which is comfortable, right? So if you want to break out of that pattern and go for something big, something change, it's gonna get really uncomfortable. So all I can say there is. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. As long as you are uncomfortable, you are growing. So um, give an example of massive action. Okay, I want an exercise routine and I really want to build into that exercise routine. And I could say, okay, well, I'm going to run tomorrow. Um, And I could think about everything tomorrow morning and then try and put on some old kit and blah, blah, blah. Now, massive action would be, okay, I'm going to immediately book into some kind of, it doesn't have to be massive. I'm not going to do a marathon, but it could be, I'm going to book into a 5k. I'm going to look at smaller runs I've got over the next week. I'm going to go straight onto Amazon because I realized that picking up my old rubbish trainers and my crappy top from 10 years ago that had been lying in the back of my cupboard and stinking is not attractive for me. So I'm going to go and buy new kit because I love wearing new kit. Who wants to go out running when they've got new trainers? get my new trainers on. I'm going to set up my kit downstairs, right? So I'm putting in the list of what is massive action. And then I guess if I sat down there and I looked at the list, this list, and if somebody said to me, gosh, wow, that is really massive action you've taken there, then that's massive action. Massive action is the direct opposite of procrastination. It's also something I like to say. <laughs> if you know you need, well, procrastination is when we actively choose to do anything, Rather than doing something that we know needs to get done. So instead of procrastinating, massive action. Thanks for joining us and hopefully look forward to seeing loads of you on the next Mastermind starting shortly. Thanks for joining us. And I really, really hope you got tons of value out of what we did. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) 
Thanks for tuning into this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.